Jekyll, sponsored by Jekyll and Mr. Dunn. Climbing volcanoes with the eye of Odin. Ravaging maidens and spanking their butts. Valhalla waits with food and sluts. Would you like to hear my new song? Uh, okay, go ahead. I'm going to sing it to you right now because I just wrote it. It's called oh, okay. it's called cat poo. And I want you to picture oh, no. I want you to picture Aww. a little a little curious kid, you know, cuz kids are very curious and he's kneeling down and maybe it's a little chilly and he's got a little sweater and a little beanie and he's just looking down at the little piece of poo and he starts singing Cat poo who are you? What cat did you digest through? Were you once a mouse, a bird, or bat? You once were live, but now are that. Oh, my God. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Excitement! Excitement and mania! Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human fucking mind! Recording live through Zencaster tonight, I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie, and god damn it, Kathy, you and I are in such a good mood. Such a good Uh, mood. Yes, we are, Boogie. Kathy, why don't you just start and tell me what you done did this week? I done did the usual. I I done got the dick as usual uh, over the weekend. Good usual dick. Creative explorer. There was some dick. Oh, you know, I just had a I had a thought. Wouldn't Wouldn't you just fall over in your chair if you heard me one time? If one time we were doing the show and you thought you were going to hear the usual, um, hey, yeah, I got some dick from Creative Explorer, but instead I said, hey, I had sex with somebody new. Wouldn't that just freak you out? Are you going to tell me that? No, I'm sorry. Why would you do that? (laughs) I just wondered. I just was speculating. (laughs) Well, Jesus fucking speculation, Christ. It would be magical. Everyone, like literally, (laughs) it would be like the end of the fucking Truman show when he fucking leaves and everyone fucking jumps up and screams. People would be excited, Kathy, if you got some fucking brand new shiny dick or a vagina. I think you vastly overestimate how committed to my sex life our listeners are. And but for the record, just having sex with one person is not bad, okay? Who said it was bad? It would just be exciting if this person that insists on poly this and talk about poly this and this is my poly this, if you add more partners, it kind of goes with the whole wow. image of being poly. This, this is payback, right? This is you shaming my poly because earlier tonight I was shaming you for your songwriting, I, right? I, is that I, is that how it works, Poly? I'm not shaming your poly. I'm just saying you're not, you, you, uh-huh. you only have one partner. So? so? <laughs> so that's, that's solo, babe. Well, I guess it's still poly because your partner now has other partners and you guys have been like in different discussions about that, haven't you? We have, because he is in the midst of new relationship energy, NRE, for those of you who are not polyamorous. Whenever you get a new partner, everything is just this frenzy and it's all crazy and it's all about that new partner. And your other partner just watches you spin for a while. And, you know, if you're a good partner and you have a good relationship, you let it happen and you wait the few weeks or or months that it's going to take to get over that. And then everything settles down. (laughs) It settles down and then everyone's complaining. guy's a dick yeah so he's got that going on and yeah they've been talking and it kind of involves me a little just because i know this this girl we the three of us have actually played before we're all friends and uh you know he kind of started getting me involved in some of the the online shenanigans because it's it they're not getting together so much as they're doing a lot of zoom little you know calling and conversations right and uh and so She's a very, she's a submissive and very, um, very much wants to please to be a good girl and to be praised for that. 
And so it's not in her nature to um, say, no, I'm not going to do that or give dissenting opinions. Uh, and so I wanted, I got very concerned and I wanted to make it very clear to Creative Explorer that he needed to take that into account because he and I are not a package deal. And just because she's uh, playing with him doesn't mean she's obligated to play with me or discuss anything with him. Me, the relationship is between the two of them. And that's a real concern. That is me. actually, Kathy, that is very, that's very forward thinking. That's like thinking of somebody else, which is good. And also this is like, we talked about this stuff that these are the types mm -hmm. of things. If you can spend a little bit of time, going to that kind of inception level of looking at bigger pictures and right. it, it actually makes it, I mean, cause it doesn't hurt to, to say that, to just bring that up. It's actually very positive. And of course, if, if that, if she wants, does she want your poon now? I I'm, you know, I'm open to discussing it, but that I, that's so far down the line. This is a relationship between the two of them. I'm really not interested in, Jumping in head. I hear a train. Where are you? I thought you were at the Starbucks. Yeah, I am at the Starbucks, but then there's an airport, and on the other side of the airport is the ah. train tracks. I, I can't really do anything about that. It's a choo-choo. It's a choo-choo train. Well, that's what I'm wondering if you guys are going to pull on this new bitch. Is if you're what? are you going to pull a train <laughs> on her? Like, you get put on a strap-on, he has thing, you guys Eiffel Tower, you know. New chick. No, here's the chugga, thing. Chugga, 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 choo-choo. So here's choo. the thing about, about two people getting involved with one person. It's hot. What? It, it's not. It's two different things. I'm uh, playing on your train analogy. It's two different trains trying to meet up with a third. And he's got his own speed and his own discussions with him. If I were to involve myself in, in a relationship that he was having, I have to go at my own speed. It's almost like a completely different relationship. It's not like creative explorer and I having a relationship with another person. I would have to figure out my way around that relationship separate from him. That's something that I think a lot of people may not take into account when you think about polyamory. Well, I think that's actually a fantastic observation. And it also strongly depends on the type of dynamic that you have. Like, say, Mew and I... When we were doing the 24-7 thing, we built that relationship with each new person kind of together. So it wasn't like right. I started something with somebody and then a couple months later Mew came in or vice versa. We kind of like with Bunny or with any of the partners that we had, it was always a thing where we were like all together having discussions. So kind of at the same time, everyone was able to kind of figure out their own speed. Yeah, I get that. That's unfortunately, it's not how I like doing things. It's not that I can't do. It. I just prefer to have my own relationship with someone and have my own discussions and conversations with someone before inv involving myself in a relationship. Plus he and I've played before with other people and it's, it's always complicated. Mm. You know, it's, it's very much, I'm a submissive, I'm a submissive and a dominant. So I switch. So what role do I take when the three of us are together? Right. That's a tough one. Am I submissive to both to him and her? Am I submissive to him? Are we both submissive? I mean, you really have to discuss this stuff. And sometimes it doesn't work out because, hey, man, I'm a brat. And a lot of people don't like brats. So if I'm going to be a submissive, my brat side is going to come out. That might rub people the wrong way. And be, to be quite frank, it rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I'm just thinking about rubbing. <laughs> you such rubbing a on the train. <laughs> Come on, Kathy. Just put oh, a strap on on and fuck her in the ass. What? I'm sorry. I'm a little, a uh, little. That's pretty good. Here I am having you have a serious conversation about polyamory, and you're like, just put a strap on and fuck her. Yeah, it's actually pretty close to the tone of my voice. At, at kind of like Grover. It is a little it? bit. <laughs> it is. Well, you put on the strap on and fuck her. Mm -hmm. Oh, very Grover Yoda. Grover Yoda. Huh, I wonder if the same the same person did their voice. <laughs> I think they that's did. true, isn't it? <laughs> Oh my yes. God, Grover is Yoda, Frank Oz. Yep. Oh my, that's way too deep for this show. Let's just not go to that level of inception. Let's not go there. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, uh -huh. that's good that you guys had that conversation. And once again, bravo for the forward thinking because the more you can do that, I know sometimes it seems crazy to, but it really is 
considering somebody else's feelings or their potential feelings. And I think in the bigger picture, when the other partner realizes that you actually cared enough about them to consider that and bring up that point, I think that that that's kind of an important thing for someone new to experience, especially knowing that you've been in this thing with Creative Explorer for a number of years and they're just kind of coming in like there's a, probably a lot of intimidation, like, oh, Kathy's going to hate me because now I'm infringing or whatever. And then to see an example of you showing like compassion, empathy and just forethought and concern for this person. I think that that shows a lot of character. Now I'm feeling bad for dissing you early. What? <laughs> uh, you can diss me all you want. But I have some things that I need to share as well, too. Okay, get it off your chest, Boogie. I'm getting, I'm getting it right off my big old fat man titties right now. <laughs> and it's not even mine. Once again, from afar, from the School of Med, we have a potato mayhem <laughs> from you. Ooh. And because she now calls. She's like, if something happens to her that's like really fucked up, then she will bestow that greatness on us so that we can still keep the spirit of Mew alive, even though we don't hear her glorious Mew and we can't play with her cute little Mew butt. Got it. Which will happen in June, but it, it uh, not right now. Uh -huh. But so she calls me. She's like, Daddy, um, I and, and you can tell she's kind of under duress still. And I'm like, Pumpkin, what happened? And she's like, I, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a potato mayhem. And I'm like, oh, oh, do tell. <laughs> so apparently Mew is learning to cook. Uh -oh. And, you know, like she's learning how to make hummus and little chicken dishes and little things with this and that. So she's learning. But, you know, Kathy, in cooking, there are some little things, little safety things that kind of come with the territory. And until you kind of make that mistake, you know, unless somebody remembers, oh, by the way, don't do this because this will have blah, blah, blah. Watch yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we don't have Gordon Ramsay sitting over our shoulder going, you goddamn donut. Don't do that. <laughs> we don't have that all the time unless I've been watching a lot of Kitchen Nightmare reruns on YouTube. Because uh -huh. <laughs> um, I fucking love Gordon Ramsay. And he's very passionate about food. God damn it. I but love that show. <laughs> but he was not there with Mew on a very specific, important rule. So she's making kind of a a sauce for something. And part of, and the second I say it, you're going to know what happened. Oh, no. So they're in this sauce, one of the requirements was some chili peppers and possibly like a serrano and a jalapeno. And oh. so she's got to chop those up. Oh, no, 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 no. So she does. Because she's uh, a great little chopper, Kathy. Yes, she is. <laughs> a great little chopper that Mew is. And she chopped the fuck out of those peppers. Uh-huh. And then went to the bathroom. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh... And Gordon Ramsay was in there going, God damn it. Wash your hands properly before you touch your genitals. Oh, and no, she no, did no. not. Did she? she did not. She did went she... right there. And, and Muse, like, you know, she likes to fiddle with her with her lips and like, hello, lips. And like, you know, so I can just picture her sitting there after she pees and whatever, and you know, checking out her vag and, you know, doing little. And then all of a sudden she's like, huh? Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> oh my God. She says, daddy, it was worse than icy hot. And she likes icy hot. Right. And it's crazy. She's, but she said this was worse and it came on. And it burnt her. And I guess, oh, oh, that's right. She was on, she, she's on her period. So she was pulling out her cup. Oh, no. She has the cup. So the fucking fire was inside the little bleeding oh. new vagina. <laughs> and fire ate her entire world. She starts going, ah, ah, ah. And so she has to, like, run out to her roommate's. 
And they're all like first year med students. So, you know, of course, I'm sure they all have great ideas. And they're like, she's like, what do I do? What do I do? It's not stopping. It's not stopping. Oh, my God. Do you know where she was calling me from, Kathy? Don't tell me the ER. No. Basically, she turned herself into a spicy shark victim soup and was calling me from the bathtub where blood and stinging vagina was leaking into the bathtub while she's like swimming around like a wounded shark, scooting her ass on the thing going, ow, 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 it's inside. She's like, daddy, when's it going to go away? I'm like, oh, (laughs) I don't even know where to start. Why didn't she put on a pair of gloves before cutting those things? Because Gordon fucking Ramsay wasn't there to tell her. Oh, my. (laughs) See, this is this is what happens after years of hanging out with you and you doing all the cooking. (laughs) Well, you know, she had to learn. Oh, she had. And she's I kind of did wash my hands a little bit, but not enough i guess i go no you stuck them fingers right up that fucking bloody vag and <laughs> created yourself no. a salsa wash, cookie washing your even washing your hands isn't enough you got to wear gloves yeah. that's the only foolproof way oh, oh that real, poor me called me from shivering in the fucking bathtub you know because she gets all cold she's like it burns Oh, poor me. That's just horrible. It is horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's been goddamn funny. And at least she knew that we would have to share with our lovely perverted podcast listeners. That life is the place. Talk about genital torture and subspace. We share our kinky thrills with perverts from around the world. Yeah, perverted podcast talking about that life, motherfucker. Okay, we have a post from Dented Dom who wrote something called Master Yourself. Now, I I will say that this is a very, very, very short post. And it is also, he's basically just reposting a quote from uh, Miguel Ruiz Jr.'s Mastery of Self. I've never heard of this. I don't know if it's a book or what, but uh, this is the quote that uh, he has posted. Give, but don't allow yourself to be used. Love, but don't allow yourself to be abused. Trust, but don't be naive. Listen, but don't lose your own voice. And that's That's it. it. That's it. And that's all it kind of has to be. So, Kathy, this was something that that I uh, picked out as, you know, you know, trying to help you take off some of the edge of looking for FetLife posts. Right. And when I saw that, sometimes I just see something and then it like gives me like a springboard. Right. That's a definitely a great quote. And it really packs in it. And I'm like. What if Kathy and I just took those on one by one? Sounds good to me. So we're going to kind of try and experiment and see how it goes. So read the first line and then let's just go. First line is give, but don't allow yourself to be used. Now, what does that mean to you? Do you want to start? Oh, that's a tricky balance. Frankly, I tend to to give too much uh, because I'm a pleaser. And that was the way when I was a child, I grew up. That was the way to parents and teachers' hearts was to to be selfless and giving. And I saw the looks on their faces, saw the acceptance in them, and just I just started doing that as a kid. You just realize early on what it is that makes adults uh, feel really good and give you lots of love. And I saw that early on, and so it became my thing. And my most of my adult life has been trying to find a proper balance and not be used. It has not been easy. Um, as I've gotten older, it's definitely gotten easier for me. I stand up for myself a lot more, like ridiculously more. I think like the teenage me would not even recognize me. Uh, but that's that's my my take on that first line. Now, what I liked about your take is... I really realized in my two pages of notes on four lines um, (laughs) that I kind of, well, I'm kind of, I'm going from like here forward kind of thing. Like this is kind of what I've learned because a lot of things, I relate to a lot of things. I was very easily used because 
I tried to please people. I mean, I rebelled against authority and parents or whatever, but like in relationships, I always tried to be over pleasing to my partners, which ended up just ruining the relationship because I, I was just had no balls whatsoever. Um, and, uh, and so I had a lot of misery in learning the balance of giving and receiving at the same time. But from my point of view, the idea is when I give, if I lower my expectations on what I'm supposed to receive from giving, then I think my giving is A, more authentic, but B, I don't feel like I'm disappointing myself if I overexpect. Kind of like service is its own reward thing. Does that make sense? It does. There, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, there's a there's a certain point where some of your giving needs to be reciprocated. But when I start with giving, I try to approach it like with the show, you know, that obviously the the service that we have to our listeners and the work that we do in this, you know, like even this thing, you know, sitting for a couple hours today and really thinking through this to see what I feel just about giving I'm not expecting anything really back in return for that. And that makes my giving more authentic as opposed to having it like I have to receive some reward for it. Now, that's the that's kind of Uh the positive thing. But in a relationship, when it comes down to not being used or in a work relationship, you know, I can give for a little bit. And then there is going to be an expectation of some reciprocal like that fair exchange stuff I'm always talking about. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes sense. It's, that sounds very much like you. I think you just described yourself perfectly. Oh, look at look at that. I didn't need to write anything, goddammit. Ah. <laughs> Shall I do the second yeah, line? Yeah, let's do the second line. Okay, we're on a roll. We're on a so roll. The second line is <laughs> love, but don't allow yourself to be abused. Ah, <laughs> this one's a biggie for a lot of us. Oh, love, but don't allow yourself to be abused. So this one is very much, uh, can be very much and is for me tied to the first one. Uh, because love is all about giving. And I, I'm going to, uh, here's a part that may be unpopular for me because, uh, I, I I tend to have a very opposite uh, feeling than you do when it comes to giving something, loving someone, and feeling a need for balance. And when it comes to affection towards someone else, I need to have that fucking balance. Right. I I tend to feel very abused and i'm using that word very lightly i don't i don't mean the horrific abuse that that some people unfortunately have to go through in relationships but i feel emotionally abused when there's no quid pro quo when there's no balance when i don't when i feel like whatever i give to a relationship isn't being reciprocated i'm going to be honest this is a the tough one for me cuz i tend to get bitter very quickly and I don't like being that person, but I also don't like feeling abused. And to be honest, at this stage of my life, I have not found a happy balance. This is one that eludes me. Not not an easy one for me at all. I don't have the emotional love. I have pieces of it, but I get over things real quick. And because I focus my love more on the action of love and the caring and all the things that go in with what I describe and define as love, then I can do that with more partners, you know, to start with. And I can give that love and support and care and concern and empathy. But there is a point to where after a couple of weeks, I'm going to start seeing if you're giving that back to me. Like it's more needed to be an equal exchange and a loving relationship for me. And even though I have a lot of low self-worth and insecurities and all my little problems, one thing I do have that I've been brutally trained towards is a high sense of self-value and self-worth in regards to my relationships. So if I'm pouring myself into a relationship and I'm getting a brick wall back, that's going to end real quick. That's right. just I, I don't mm-hmm. tolerate just like you. We're older. We don't tolerate that shit anymore. I ain't got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. I ain't got time for that either. Nope. 
No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Mm-hmm. 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 I like that one. What's the, ne- the next one's trust? The next one is trust, but don't be naive. <laughs> That's a tall order. I, though This one I tend to be, frankly, quite brutal with. Yeah. I used to be ridiculously naive to the point of letting people walk all over me and not even knowing what was happening. And to my great rage, uh, it's despite my growing up and thinking, God damn it, I'm never going to allow that to happen again as motherfuckers. It still continues to happen into my adulthood. Granted, as I get older, they really have to take me by surprise, but it still happens. Whereas when I was younger, shit used to happen right under my nose and I wasn't even aware of it. Right. And I definitely handed over my trust much too quickly. Now I tend to be, oh, wow, S- untrusting to the point of being obnoxious. Like, you have to prove yourself to me. And if you can't fucking prove yourself to me, to me, just get out of my face because I have no time for you whatsoever. If you don't understand the importance of trust in a relationship, you and I have no future and you may as well just walk out the door right now. And I'm, I do it without mercy. That is something that sometimes I look at and go, have I just become jaded and ugly when it comes to that shit? I don't know, and quite frankly, I don't care because I never want to go back to being that naive fool ever again. If that means I am an asshole, so fucking be it. You know, Kathy, I really can't argue with you on that one. (laughs) I mean, that is, (laughs) you know, that's the baggage that old people, that's why it's kind of hard, you know, I get made fun of for dating, uh, you know, younger women a lot, but it's like, the cynicism that we get as old people, you know, because there's some people and of course, I, you know, there's people our age like you or I that our cynicism is also met with a healthy dose of empathy and compassion and good communication. Mm-hmm. But there are people that go to that point of being jaded, but they don't let anything in, you know, all we'll let something in. But there is that electric fence. Right. And it needs to be. You need to be on your side of the electric fence for a little while so I can observe your behavior. And then maybe I'll turn off the electric fence and let you come into my farm. Exactly. Yeah. But but there it is important to do that. And I think the thing that I have had absolutely the most success in regard to trust and naivety, because no matter what, there's always going to be someone that's going to fool you. There's always. And that is. Something I never give up that expectation. I will never, never repeat. And you're supposed to say never say never. Fuck you. I'm going to say never. I will never trust somebody 100% because people are not perfect. Right. I used to say this a lot on the show. Why would you give someone 100% trust when there is no humanly way possible that a person can be 100% trustworthy because that's perfection? There's always some little... Now then, I can trust somebody 95%, which is still an A-plus in any goddamn university. I can still build that point of trust to where I let people into my life. I become vulnerable with my feelings. I allow them to be in my world. But that couple of percent that I leave in the back of my mind that says at any time, this person, something can happen to them that can drudge up an old personality, uh, whatever, it can go bad. So I look for warning signs. I can look for those signs. I don't have to be obsessive about it because it's only a couple percent. But I can allow a part of my brain to be viewing of my partners or my friends or whatever. I can watch their behaviors and in the back of my my head because I'm not pigeonholing myself into saying, oh, I trust them 100%. I get to have that and I get to watch their behavior. So if there's red flags or there's patterns that things that I know from experience means there's a likelihood that there's dishonesty here, I can I cannot be caught off guard and be naive and stupid again. Yeah. But that being said, I've also noticed that because I allow that little few percent, I can then dedicate the other 95% of my mind 
to enjoy the trust that somebody earns from me. It's now a freedom. It's now a freedom because I don't ever have to have that little paranoia in the back of my head going, yeah, they're going to fuck you somehow. I can just say it's a possibility. I'll keep an eye open for it. Now I'm going to go ahead and take the risk. Mm-hmm. And if it goes good, then it goes great. And if it goes bad, well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not clairvoyant. And there's sometimes you lose. Right. Can't win them all, Boogie. Can't win them all. All right. On to the last one. On to the last one. This is, I mean, once again, write us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com if you like these kind of back and forth things. Because it's very different from how we usually handle a post. But I don't know. I kind of like these kind of things. Yeah. So Sounds good to me. Okay. The last one. Last one is listen, but don't lose your own voice. <laughs> Not a problem for me. <laughs> My problem's shutting the fuck move up. On. <laughs> me either. We're good. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. It's learning to shut shut the fuck up and listen. Don't have a problem talking. Don't have a problem with my voice. It's it's for me. I mean, do you want to go first? You take this one first. Oh, okay. Go ahead. For me, it's I'll just it's real simple. For me, listening to somebody is like a mirror. It's a mirror because this is what my behaviors are actually doing to someone as opposed to what my vision is of how I present myself and what my, and my amazing words are affecting this person, my actions and my behaviors. When I listen to my partners and I shut my fucking mouth and I ask them about their day, or I ask them about what's going on in their world, I start to see more of a reflection of myself as an influence in that world, as opposed to when I'm always talking then I'm just kind of trying to ram down people's throats what I want the world to be. Right. What about you? Uh, This is one I I think where I feel most secure in and balanced in because um, I love talking to people. I I just like listening and talking and conversing with people. I, I love it a great deal. It makes me happy that and and listening to other people is like seeing this little puzzle before me that I get to put together. And the longer I listen, the better I understand this puzzle. And it just happens to be something that I naturally enjoy. It's one of those things that I never had to work at. So it makes me feel very fortunate that this is something that um, that just happened to be a source of great joy for me. And speaking, not a problem. I love the sound of my own voice. Uh, I also Never, to my great shock, had a problem making myself heard what? past a certain age. <laughs> like what? I, infancy? You would think somebody had. If you would think that someone who had issues with, uh, you know, not getting enough trust or giving too much and allowing myself to be used wouldn't. But I, if given enough opportunity, I, I never had a problem telling you straight out. Here's my opinion of this. I'm a, I, I was always a very opinionated person. It's just that as a child, I felt intimidated and just never gave you that opinion and didn't realize I should until a little bit later. But this one happened for me quicker and, and came a lot more easy to me. And, I, and I'll tell you that this is also one of the reasons that Creative Explorer and I are more than just play partners. We're actually very good friends because we both share that. We we love conversing. We We love... The Socratic method. We love uh, brainstorming. We love hearing about each other's stuff. It's the first thing that we do when when I get there on Friday is we sit down and 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 each talk about what happened and any issues that we're having. And it's it's a lot of fun. I know a lot. Some people might not get that, but to me, it, it's a great deal of fun. And I don't I, I I don't perceive that I've had a great deal of issue or trouble achieving being a good listener and also making sure that that my voice was heard. Amen. God damn it. And this message mm-hmm. that Kathy and has so eloquently shared, um, it goes for tops and bottoms, doms and subs, masters and slaves. Everyone needs to have that understanding that you have something to offer someone with your voice with your life, with your experiences. And the more you listen to your partner, the more you get to learn about life because you don't fucking know everything. 
Right. And if you act like you know everything and you have this person in front of you that has an amazing mind and you don't listen to them, you're cheating yourself from learning. I have learned amazing, amazing things from you and Bunny and the other partners just by listening to them talk about themselves and their lives and their thoughts right. and whatever. And it is, it's, it's really, I mean, I've been a better person because right. I'm a better listener. That's good. Uh-huh. It's good. I like this. It was fun. I mean, it went a little longer because we had a, a lot of things, maybe <laughs> cut it down to two or whatever, but I like this a lot. This was fun. Once again, pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. If you like these types of, you know, philosophical, give us a parable and maybe we'll break it down, you know, or something. I liked it. (laughs) Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know. Let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Enigma, have you had any cool dreams recently? So last, so I've been doing this like movie night group every, pretty much every Saturday for the last year. And last week we saw... The story of O. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I have heard of it. I have not seen it. it. Was it tacky or is it actually a good movie? It's actually a really, really well done movie. It's a, um, I, it's a, the version that we watched. It is a French movie dubbed over in English, but they oh, do okay. it in a a good enough job that, like for the most part, you don't, you can't really tell that it's been dubbed over. For for those who aren't familiar with it, the the short version is basically this master slave relationship. Um, they they go into kind of a master slave a group organization house whatever and O who is the main um, character she is one of the slaves and it's kind of watching her journey from kind of baby slave to <laughs> being kind of a a alpha alpha dominant uh, alpha sub person by the end of it it's it's really cool there's uh there is there is some very sexy like kink and some sex but like. It's just a really interesting kind of kink movie. If anybody wants like a, you know, a, a kink movie that isn't rapey and unethical like Fifty Shades, um, I, I definitely. And it's also a book by the same name. But yeah, that movie definitely as as you know, unattached as I've been through most of the the lockdown and through COVID, I've I've definitely you know it definitely sparked some dreams of being involved in kinky master slave parties and stuff and <laughs> uh, I, I definitely woke up um, we'll, we'll just say I woke up in a state boogie in a state like if you had an O you could do ring tossed on you yes see, at, yes. see what I did there little uh, bring I back did. the call yeah I've been writing jokes lately they haven't been that good they haven't been that I, good I, I thought that was pretty funny well, that's good. I'm glad you've had some dirty, smutty dreams. I've had dreams of people chasing with needles. I didn't even tell Kathy earlier that I I am now vaccinated. I almost died. Congratulations. Um, I did the Johnson & Johnson one uh, last Saturday, Okay. and I was all pumped. I put pictures on FetLife and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, the perverted most of the perverted podcast listeners don't know that. But, yeah, I went down, and, uh, and my... Uh, the the lady that did it kind of I mean she had a mask on but she kind of reminded me of Biss like she had all these tattoos and you know she had this cool eyeshadow and you know and she was all punk rock and and they all tripped out on my name and they're like oh my god Count Boogie she's all that's so punk rock and I'm like yeah and the second she said punk rock I'm like I got an in <laughs> I got an in here and I'm like yeah fucking dead Kennedys yeah and then I'm like oh I do kink. And then she's like, oh, my God, I was, you know, she's curious for, for whatever, you know, things. And she's been on some groups. And all of a sudden now I'm like, you know, I've been so isolated. I'm like, I'm in love. And now how do, <laughs> how do I how do I play with the woman that stuck a needle in my arm, making me sick for the next two days uh, with violent fevers and shakes and hammer hands and feet feelings? But uh, who cares about that? She was cute. She was awesome. Yeah. She was fun. And uh, and I gave her a card for Perverted Podcast. So if you're listening, take all the excitement that I had before away and now just erase that. And it's like, hey, baby, glad you made it to the show. <laughs> so, yeah, so now I got yes. to have the game. Right, right. Yeah. I just realized, what if she listens? And I'm all here gushing like an idiot. 
And I'm like, you, you, now you have to be the super serious Dom. Now I'm so now Dom eyebrow. I mean, hey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, person mm-hmm. that stuck me with a needle, person. But no, mm-hmm. she was real awesome, and it was it was a good experience. I'm glad I got it done, and uh, and hopefully uh, we got some curious listeners out of it. You have a couple topics, okay? So our first article comes from WellAndGood.com. Uh, and the article is called Four Tips for Proudly Introducing Kink into Your Relationship. Uh, this is a topic that we talk about pretty regularly on the show is how uh, it's how you want to kind of you're kinky, but your partner may or may not be. And how do you want to bring it up without scaring them away? Um, a lot of people over quarantine specifically have gotten into some sexual and kink exploration with all of the sudden time on their hands. Uh, we did an article a while back that said sex sites sex site sales were up like 60% specifically for uh, like sex toys and whatnot. Right. But like, uh, like, but like with a lot of things, shame and embarrassment have stopped many from really getting into a lot of what they may be curious about. Uh, the site called on Caitlin V, a clinical sexologist for a few tips on how to introduce kink into your relationship. Now we're going to be touching on those tips, but if you want more detail, please check out on the, uh, uh, the, li- the full list on their website. So tip one, if you are nervous, say so from the start. Let your partner know that you that what you want uh, what you want to bring up is kind of a big deal and to get into this with a, a bit more of an open mind. So you don't want to just jump into it and scare them right away. Kind of like give them ease them into a topic that that you, to you anyway is feeling a lot more uh, you may you may be feeling a lot more guarded about. And tip two, be specific. Uh, don't just say you want to get into kink. Say you want to try spanking or gags, something that is easily recognizable as doable. So a lot of times when people are looking at kink, like if you just go to kink.com and like just start looking at all the different kinks, that can be a bit overwhelming. But if <laughs> yes. you specifically, yeah. So if you specifically look up spanking, you're going to find a lot more videos that are specific on spanking. And so that that's the recommendation on this as well. Okay. Uh, tip three. Uh, also use mental imagery as a way to introduce the idea. So this is getting into kind of dirty talk. Like while during some play, maybe play with something like, Hey, wouldn't it be hot while you're fucking me? Maybe you can spank me or use the paddle. We just got something that brings your, your partner's mind into the play too. And isn't just like held within your fantasy. You're including them in, in your fantasies. And then their final tip is yes, there might be some pushback, but that doesn't mean the fun is over. People have been brought up with decades of oppression and shame over sexual, sexual or exploration. And often that can come out during intimate experimentation. So kind of goes back to the first tip, but like take time. You're not going to go full master slave with the first conversation. Like ease your partner into it. Allow them to be comfortable with this, this new idea and allow them to be able to kind of fight against their own programming and and you're going to have a much easier time introducing your partner into kink. Here, here, god damn it. I think those are all, I like all four of those tips. I think all four cover a, a really good approach. Maybe we could talk about some of the, the nuances that we've discovered as we ourselves and others have actually done these conversations. The the thing I love, we absolutely go 100% with don't blow them out of the fucking water. Right. Because you don't know what level they are open to. Everyone says, oh, I want to know exactly what you feel. And it's a fucking lie. <laughs> it is a 100% lie. What they want is for you to tell them anything up until the point that is more than they can handle. Right. So when they say they want everything, and then you're like, oh my god, yeah, I want fire knife, Dexter, blood, anal, poop play scene, where uh, you know you smack me with a razor blade, and then we have to go to the ER. And there, that's like literally 20 steps over anything they have ever conceived in their life. And they are blown completely out of the water. Right. So always remember, that's that's why it's so important to kind of feel them out first for what they think is incredibly kinky. Like maybe make some suggestions like they said. Like what do you think about 
a little light bondage or some fuzzy handcuffs or a little bit of spanking or stuff like that. Are there any things that you have thought of? How do you feel about this? Because if you come in, because everyone, the second your mate, and we've seen this a million times, every time your mate comes in and you tell them, oh, I want to, I really want to be kinky. And you've, you're like this ball of, of magic electric fire kink that's just waiting to bust out. And the second they say, yeah, I think I've thought about that too. You're like, oh my God. And you freak out and you tell them all these goddamn things. You have to hold that in. Right. Until you find out. Because here's another thing that's really nasty. And this happens a lot. And I've heard this, I think, more with guys than with women. But when guys are taken out of their comfort zone, like their 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 female partner is asking for something that's above their pay grade then instead of feeling like they look weak or stupid for saying, oh, I don't think I could handle that. I don't think I could do something like that. They don't want to look weak or emasculated. So what they do is they just turn around and start shaming and guilting what your desires are. Right. And then there's the the inverse of that. Like you don't want to throw a whole lot at them and then they think they have to go along with it because you're so passionate about it. Um, I I definitely had a a partner who like later in our relationship basically told me that they got into it because they, they knew I liked it. Right. And, and that was that, that, that just hit me in the gut. And I was like, I, I was doing these, like we, it was very early in my, my kink. So I wasn't going too hardcore, but like I was, I was hitting her with stuff and I was biting her and I was marking her. And I thought she was into that, but because I, I, uh, possibly like put a little too much too fast she just felt like she had to go along with it and so that's yeah. something that you want to be careful with on on both sides of the th- of the slash really yeah hold that excitement in and then let let it kind of build to where you feel your partner's confidence growing and it may be that you're also inexperienced too and you're just really super excited because mm-hmm. you've thought about these things when you're talking about a partner, if you're talking about going to a dungeon and watching people play and doing all your safety stuff and then demoing stuff, you know, there's a lot more freedom in that because if you don't like what somebody did to you or what you did to them, you know, that's not really, you know, you live, you learn and you grow and you move on. But if you're in a relationship with somebody and you cause damage and hurt or confusion or bad communication with someone you're in a relationship over kink, that kink's over. Mm -hmm. I've seen it so many times where they both start interested and they just, the one was so excited. They just pushed and pushed and then it just burnt them out. And they say, I don't want to do this ever again. This is actually... You know, it's I've seen it end relationships. So so there really is. And I don't mean to paint a bleak picture, but the reality is, is that it is something you have to tread lightly on. You really do. And and I think uh, another idea I was just thinking about is like a lot of times I've seen on like the dating stuff is like turn it into a date. Uh, But maybe not go to some place like Stockroom, which is going to have all like the hardcore puppy gear and the massive cock rings or whatever maybe go to someplace like hustler where it's it's a store that's kind of designed for the tourist and you can go in there and just be like walk like specifically walk over to maybe the fluffy handcuffs it's like what would you think like give them a visual um and put them in that environment um i think that could be really hot and sexy and then like whatever you buy there that night you can immediately go home and play with and then you know, a couple a couple days a week later, be like, "Hey, how did you how did you feel about you know locking me up? Would you want to do more of that? Just kind of baby step it into it." Yeah, I absolutely believe that. Now then, once now then here's now I got to go devil's advocate because you know we're very <laughs> conservative and we're put saying put the kitty gloves on and you know be gentle and whatever. You may be in a relationship where both of you just needed permission. And both of you equally have dark, fucked up, sadistic desires 
that you want to go for. So we're not saying it's mandatory that you start with fuzzy fucking handcuffs and then spend (laughs) a year until you work up to maybe a paddle. You know, it really is just gauging how that communication is going. And the more you communicate throughout this process, the more you're going to get that feedback. Because here's the thing, and this is something I've noticed. Enigma, tell me if you've noticed this. Okay. When one when one or the other partner stops investigating stuff, like usually when they have that discussion about kink, usually immediately both of them go into the kind of their own little research thing. And they mm-hmm. go online and they look up some stuff and, you know, oh, I thought about this and you thought about this. And that's great because then they talk about, oh, I saw this and I saw this. Yeah, no, I'd like this. But when one stays really excited and, and is like the voracious sponge of information and all of a sudden the other one stops their search, you got to pay attention to that because where they stopped is what their personal limit is. A hundred percent. And and then you have to and then you have to kind of go, OK, they're only going to be into spanking and paddles. And if and I fucking swear to God, you fucking listen to me on this. If okay. you shame your not you, I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> you already know this shit. And oh, most okay. of our audience knows this shit. But if you're new, you listen to me. If you don't validate every step that your partner who maybe is nervous is willing to take, if you don't have a certain amount of gratitude and encourage them, even if all they are willing to try is some spanking or a little hair pulling or something like that, or maybe a ball gag, and you don't afterwards say, that was fun, that was exciting, thank you for experiencing that with me. And instead you start coming with that shit like, well, I really want more. And this is, you know, this isn't really working for me. I really need you. Blah, 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 blah. You have asked for a death sentence to your kink. I have seen it so many times. If you do not validate the level that your partner is at, then all they're going to think is I'm not good enough. What I'm Mm -hmm. doing isn't good enough. I'm an inferior person. I, why would I do why would I do anything if it's just gonna make me feel shitty yep so well I, I think we even talked about this was it last week where like sexual validation like if you're if your partner is doing something that you like let tell them that you like what they're doing like yes include them include them in your joy and and that's gonna make them uh, be more positive about it and want to explore it further with you hopefully. Hopefully, yes. Yeah, that is hope. There's no guarantees in this. It is a touchy subject. This is why I will never enter a relationship that hasn't been thoroughly negotiated that we're both kinky at a level that we both enjoy. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it works. You know, some people, they get married, they have kids, the kids grow up a little bit, and then they're like, yeah, hey, we want to spice it up. I used to think about this in my whore days in college, you know, you know, so, something like that. But, mm-hmm. but it, it, it is it is a hard sell sometimes, especially when people have that bad programming and maybe, the, you know, whatever religious guilt or societal shame that surrounds, you know, sexual behaviors. It's a tough one. I mean, there's I'm excited because when it works, oh, man, you see you see people come in and they're so fucking excited and enigma and then and then both partners get into it. And it's like magic and it's just, you know, they're off and it's amazing. But I've also seen so many. <laughs> well, just, and it, it's usually couples like the couple will come yeah. in together. One is way more into it than the other. And eventually, you know, something has to happen and either the other is going to catch up or or at least, you know, love the person for what they're into or the relationship just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Good topic. Could ramble about that shit all day. Pros and cons. Right. Best of luck all right, to all right. of you, goddammit. Let's talk about some dirty stuff. Yes, let's do that. So this next article comes from CNN.com, specifically the travel section. And it and the article is called Italian Islands Become Sex Pilgrimage Site. Woo! So I know I'm I, I kind of want to buy tickets right now. 
So the islands of Stromboli and Filiducci, Filicudi, I don't know. I'm not Italian. I'm sorry. Uh, are two islands near Filicudi. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that doesn't sound uh, hot two... at all. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, are two islands near Italy, and they are believed to have magical powers to give you some ecstasy. Uh, locals attest that people coming to the island do have increased libidos and seem to give uh, people more willingness to experiment in the bedroom, uh, which we just talked about. Uh, Stromboli, the most active of the two islands and home to one of the world's most active volcanoes, is said to be the best of the two. Between the regular tremors from the eruptions, the scars from the lava flows, amazing wildlife made possible by the volcano apparently all comes together and acts as the perfect sexual combo. People will even hike up to the set to the crater of the volcano naked to be more one with the powerful mountain. Because of the volcanic nature of the islands, there are plenty of secluded caves and very phallic sea stacks that tend to inspire the making of babies as well. One of these sea stacks is called La Cana. It is 85 meters tall and is said to cause good luck and fertility to those who rub it. (laughs) That's what I'm going to start naming myself. So you're dogging an 85 meter dick shaped rock that everyone's down at the base jerking off, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That they're all coming together to jerk off the rock dick. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, For me, uh, I feel like it's something that goes back to our. you know, bring it to a, like a, a more practical thing. It goes back to our fear and haunted house episode. Um, there is a constant level of, Oh shit. We're on a volcano that just has people constantly on edge and their anxiety is, you know, turned to 11. And if they are there with a partner or find one along the way that can lend to some interesting, sexy times. Um, Cause like in the, in the article of the haunted house, they talked about putting, couples kind of on a scary bridge or at a in a scary movie and you know letting them uh using that fear and using that anxiety then it it would actually bring them together for sexy time so i'm thinking in some ways that is probably um attributing to this as well uh, as well as the large phallic rocks sticking up everywhere i think so i think that's actually a really good point that you make that connection to the fear and anxiety because because you know not being you know jekyll and mr dom you know Iceland where they just hang out next to volcanoes and it's like no big deal. Um, right. Most people have a fear of volcanoes because they do erupt and wipe out entire cities every now and again. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that 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 connection of the fear and the excitement of a volcano uh, could actually you know be in play, uh, just as you said. I also think what I'm seeing here because I read the whole article. And, uh, you know, of course, that's at the bottom by Sicily. I'm half Sicilian, so I'm like, hey, I fucking get it. I get it. (laughs) God damn it. That it's basically a a romantic placebo is what's going on. Volcanoes, eruptions, eruptions, volcanoes, phallic this, caves, and then, of course, the locals, knowing that it builds tourism, pitch it as a big orgy place and a sex rock. Over time, you know, people just say, oh, wow, there's, you know, all this mythology around this island being this, you know, aphrodisiac, you know, by walking on it. I think it just kind of all lends together, not just because of the mythical aspect, but also the sexual freedom aspect. That this right. island is a place you are encouraged to fuck and make babies and get it on with your partners. So the the excitement of a active volcanoes, earthquakes, tremors, all of the phallic symbols, and just knowing that when you go to this place, you get to be naughty and dirty, I think is a fantastic marketing. Mm-hmm. For the island, but also that the human mind can create that kind of energy in a lot of different places. And a lot of people do. They associate the forest and, you know, giant trees going into the skies is very phallic. It all has to do with dicks, apparently. Um, <laughs> like, where's the big pussy rock? That's the one I want to fucking climb into. 
I want to hang on the big stone, Blarney stone clit on the top and like, you know, just polish that. That's that's I, my I mean, kind of... that that could be the the volcano itself. Like the volcano itself is kind of a big vagina. It kind of is, but there's problems with that, and that is, I'm not fireproof. So I, I wouldn't think so. So I don't yeah. think I'm just gonna dive into. I'm not fucking Gollum. <laughs> fucking Gollum chasing the precious and shit. Jamsons of vaginas, vaginas is ow. That probably no. You not. shall not fuck. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, we're, we're just getting, getting worse and worse. We are. It's okay. And worse. Two excited teenagers. If people want to find us online, Enigma, where would they go? Well, they can find us on Instagram at Perverted Podcast. They can find us on Twitter at Perverted Pcast, and they can find us on FetLife. There is both a group and a page. Just search Perverted Podcast. <laughs> is the end of show 306. Don't forget to write to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or you can even send us a message through the Perverted Podcast profile on fetlife.com. Fuck, you know, send us smoke signals. We don't care. We'll we'll listen to anything that you have to tell us, whether it's a question or just a story about something that happened. And uh, I just want to also say, you know, we had a really good planting of the PP flag by... Uh, our lovely friend on the volcano a short while ago. And uh, I, I don't think a few of those would go amiss. It'd be kind of nice to see other people plant the pee-pee flag. And let me just say, Uh-oh. you don't have to put yourself in danger. Oh, Kathy. Climb a volcano to do so. Kathy. What? Funny you should say that. Oh, no. Someone planted the pee-pee flag and you forgot about it. No, they plant, They just literally like two hours before the show. What? Bacon Panda. Who was going to send you boobies, <gasps> sent you lots of boobies. Oh, I haven't even... Is it on our FetLife account? It's on... No, it's on a uh, Gmail. It's on our pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Oh! But she sent us, and I've already posted uh, a version of one of the pics. She did needle play on her gigantic boobies <gasps> and put two peas in, the, in needles. Oh, my God. And God. so she planted the PP flag on her in own them boobies. titties. Oh. In her own boobies. <laughs> which is now, and I made it all black and white looking, so it's all ominous and sexy and stuff like that. <laughs> so it looks pretty cool. Very so, yes. Cool. So you asked, and before it even came out of your mouth, our listeners have already given you a PP flag planting on titties. Our listeners are awesome that way. They're mind readers, man. They, they read your mind. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to check that out. We're going to have to do some stuff next time. All right. Thank you to all of you wonderful, wonderful, wonderful listeners we have out there, most especially our Patreon supporters. If you feel like supporting us, please visit patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. And you know what, Boogie? That's I think that's all I got. Well, how special that today's show was sponsored by Jekyll and Mr. Dom. Thank you so much for your sponsorship, uh, taking a, a little bit of the pressure off the lovely, gorgeous Headley, who is still technically the show sponsor, but Jekyll and Mr. Dom threw in some uh, sponsorship-level money, and so he got to sponsor an episode today. And everyone else who just listens and gives us a chance to go through these things and think for ourselves, it's, it's so exciting. I had so much fun today. And I just consistently learn things because you guys give me a reason to to do it. And and it's I, I sometimes I feel very selfish. Like I like I told you earlier, Kathy, like I'm getting more a lot more out of this than most of our listeners. But it is very exciting. And I do feel like I'm in a big learning uh, cycle with the uh, show topics. And so please do send us more topics. Keep us going. Tell your friends. And we'll see you next week for 307. Let's get naked and drunk and roll around and fuck Cause the night ain't getting any younger Cause I'm a horny little man and you're no virgin So come and get me lover I wanna lie you on the floor and go Be
put it on together A kinky mix of pain and pleasure Now the neighbors might get scared From the screams and moans in there So darling, don't forget the safe word I wanna tie you to the wall and go Perpetual, mind your soul 